0: Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, women's empowerment coach, full-time psychology student, mama of four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode happy friday everybody every friday is a friday every friday is a friday over here on the inspired women podcast and today i wanted to share something really personal with all of you about my new mental health diagnosis now many of you listening may actually be friends of mine or may follow my facebook page at megan hall inspired which i i shared about these things on both of those places But for my Inspired Women audience who haven't heard about this, or maybe those that have heard, but maybe this will be something new that I haven't said in other Facebook, or other lives like Facebook lives. You know, you never know. I've had lots of time to think about this. So February 14th, I went to see a psychiatric nurse practitioner. My therapist recommended I go see a psychiatric nurse practitioner. So a psychiatric nurse practitioner, if you don't know about them, they are specialize in diagnosing and treating mental illness. So my therapist said, you know what, Megan, you're doing all the things I would recommend. You're eating well, you are sleeping well, you are doing yoga and you are meditating and you are doing all these things to take care of yourself but those things don't seem to be working, and I really think that you need to get help with this anxiety you have. So we both thought this was anxiety that I was dealing with, and anxiety is a symptom, but it's definitely not the thing. And I also was feeling depression symptoms, but to me, depression symptoms are kind of normal. They, they come and go quite often because, I mean, I've had this since I was a child. So I went and saw the psychiatric nurse practitioner, and she was very thorough. So mind you, I've already seen a psychiatrist before and was diagnosed with clinical depression. And so I thought that's what I had, clinical depression and now anxiety, you know. But after her thorough talk with me, she said, I don't think you have depression. I think that you have bipolar 2 disorder. And I'm like, what? Ah, uh Uh-huh. And I was actually very put off when she told me that. And she was prescribing medication and I was like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to do my own research because she cannot be correct. Well, (laughs) she was correct. I I was reading the articles and like, holy crap, there it is. That is me. So she said a few things that cued her off to this, like my misdiagnosis was one, when I took depression medications when I was in college, I had an adverse reaction. So it made my suicidal ideation worse. Another thing is that I've had suicidal ideation since I was a young child and I've experienced depression symptoms since I was a young child. The first time I had suicidal ideation was when I was 13 and I don't remember a time I didn't experience depression symptoms Also because I have a family history of depression. And there was one more thing. Oh, my binge drinking in college. (laughs) And all the way up until like a year ago. So she says that is not normal for people to drink until they black out several times a year. And I was like, oh, really? Because most people think that's normal. Uh, But it could be a sign in addition to all the things about me. So I, why did I react badly to this diagnosis? Is one, I had already accepted I had depression and anxiety, right? I had already said, okay, I have this, I can manage it, whatever. Um, But it was starting to become unmanageable. And that is because when you're going through something, um, it can trigger the bipolar 2 and make it worse, right? And so, I had I had accepted depression and anxiety. And I know that there is a mental health stigma. And although there's a stigma, depression and anxiety have become more acceptable and more mainstream. Where society's not as judgmental about people having depression and anxiety, right? It's become like everyday conversation. People are not having to hide that anymore. But bipolar disorder that comes with a whole other ball of wax. And mind you, bipolar one is different than bipolar two. And there's a bipolar three that the real name starts with a C. It's like chlamydia. Cl- cl- I don't, can't say it. But anyways, there is that. And they all progressively says so the numbers get higher, the symptoms get uh, less and less, if that makes sense. So bipolar two... The reason it gets misdiagnosed often by as clinical depression is that depression symptoms are the main symptoms, like that is the main noticeable symptoms, and we have what's called hypomanias. So they're not the full blown manias that come with bipolar one, and we don't develop psychosis, and usually don't have to be um, institutionalized when we're in a hypomania state. A lot of hypomania states actually look like normal behaviors on the outside. Uh, My mom even said to me, oh, like, we used to just say, that's just Megan, uh, when I would be doing things that people were like, well, okay. And what do I mean by normal behavior? The problem is they they seem normal behaviors, and I put that in quotation marks, like, they seem like behaviors people would often do, right? But they happen consistently with people with bipolar 2 disorder. So some examples are overspending money, like and people are like oh I overspend money. I mean, I would rack I've racked up like $10,000 in a year in debt. Like and I've done that consistently many years in my marriage. Um in my marriage I've probably racked up about $50,000 in debt in 8 years. Um and don't even ask me where that money came from or why I made those decisions. I don't know, but now we know why, right? Um promiscuity is a huge one and people are like oh everybody is promiscuous in in college. I was promiscuous in a very short time, like from very short from the time I was 19 to 21 for like two, for those two years, I racked up some numbers, y'all. And so that promiscuity is huge and also makes people make bad decisions even when they're married. So even though I've been married to my husband for eight years, I've definitely made some decisions that yeah, I uh, would say would, could be considered cheating. I mean, I never slept with anybody else. And he's well aware of this. But those were during hypomania stages. And when I'm in a hypomania stage, I kind of feel like things are out of my control. Like I'm doing things like I'm not driving the bus here, right? <laughs> I'm doing things that I'm like, I know are wrong, but I'm doing them anyways. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain if you've never experienced it. Another thing um, is setting big audacious goals and people are like, well, you should. And that's normal, except I did it all the time. I didn't think these things through and I just acted. So I became a certified PIO instructor, even though I am super uncoordinated. I was training to, I was like studying to be a personal trainer. I, my husband said that he can't ever trust that I'm going to stick with one thing because I hop from thing to thing to thing to thing. And we know now why. Because in hypomania states, uh, people with bipolar 2 can set these big, audacious goals and not think them through and just act. I paid $1,000 for a life coach one time. Yeah, $1,000 for an hour of his life coach. Now, I'm not saying that she's probably not normally worth that. I was definitely not her ideal client, and I definitely didn't get $1,000 of Information out of that session. And that's not on her. That was. That was definitely on me making a decision to work with her when I was not her ideal client. So it's definitely not a bash with her. But I literally made that decision, convinced my husband it was be the best decision ever. Because he, even though he distinctly knows that these decisions are probably not a good idea, he usually goes along with them. And then it comes crashing down and he says, you know what? I did tell you it's probably not a good idea, but I I knew I couldn't stop you because in those states you can't stop me. I also, a thing with bipolar too is we get very, we can get very excitable. So very energetic and very energized. And my sister said, you know, I always, we always just thought that you are kind of hyperactive and that you are just very excitable. And we just always thought that was just you. But the problem is, is I could go from depressed to excitable in a day. Like, and not even like gradually go, right? I would like... That would be flip a switch. I hate using that phrase because I've heard it so many times when people talk about people with bipolar in a negative manner. But it was kind of like I could go from depressed to like super excited. It happened to me the other so after my diagnosis, I didn't start medication right away. Um, And with bipolar two disorder, I know as a mental somebody going into the mental health field that we should. So for all mental illnesses, we should listen to the professionals who know what they're doing and they are recommending treatments because they are the professionals. They know what they're talking about. They know what's going to help treat this illness. Just like a MD knows how to treat, you know, physical illnesses, mental health professionals know how to treat mental illness. And you know what? They won't make you take medication if they don't think it's absolutely necessary. But for bipolar 2... There is a chemical imbalance in my brain, you know, and so they did put me on medication and that medication has been life changing. I mean, I've only been on it for two weeks, but I am a significantly better human being, better mom, better wife, better friend. I can function. I'm not for me before going on this medication. Every day was a struggle just to function. Like, just to make myself get out of bed and actually function, it was a struggle. I always felt like I had to work 10 times harder just to be at baseline, right? Especially when I wasn't in a hypomania stage. When I was in a hypomania stage, that's a whole different story. But I felt like it didn't matter what I did, life was chaos. I struggled. I didn't know how to function, And and on the outside, it looked like I was perfect. I was holding it together. But my brain and so my professor put it this way. When your brain is fuzzy for so long, you don't know what it's like to have it clear until it is clear. And then you're like, oh, this is what this is supposed to feel like. And that's what kind of happened with me with medication. And so I trust and, and you all should trust listening to a mental health Professional and how to treat your mental illness because if you don't, it could have severe consequences. Maybe not right away, but down the road. And met having mental illness, it can wear out other parts of you as well. It, our body functions as a whole. So back to what I was saying about these hypomania stages. Like I went through one after seeing my my psychiatric nurse practitioner. I was woke up, I felt depression and symptoms. And then I was on my way to have coffee with a friend. And it was like, I, like I said, it flipped. And I was like, super excitable. And I was calling my sister. And one of the things about somebody with bipolar 2 is when they're in a hypomania stage, they talk way faster than they normally do. And which, of course, all of these things individually look, quote unquote, normal, right? They're like what people behave like. But the problem with people with bipolar 2 is that it's consistent for us. Like, it happens all the time. So it's not because I have too much caffeine. It is because I will just like getting one of those stages. And I'm like, oh, and I went through one of those. And my sister was like, oh, yeah. So my family and my husband, all the people that have known me for years, I shared with them this article about bipolar 2. And every single person is like, That makes total sense. That is you. And now, like, looking, now that we see it, we can't unsee it. And we're looking back and we're like, oh, that's why you were like this. Oh, that's why you did this. Oh, this makes sense. Now, it's not an excuse for my behavior. Absolutely not. I don't think ever mental illness should be an excuse for somebody's behavior. But we also need to realize that it's a real thing and it has to be treated and if the person is getting the treatment that they need then they that should be respected right and they sh- and they shouldn't be like have their past held against them or like even like I feared coming out and feared that you know maybe one of my exes would decide I'm not a good mom for my kid and try to take my kids away but I know now and talking to my therapist she's like you are doing exactly what you're supposed to do be um You would just, if one of them tried to take you to court, then you would, you know, bring testimonial from me and your psychiatric nurse practitioner and say you're doing everything we would recommend. You're taking your medication, you are in therapy, you're doing the things that you need to do. And I will tell you, and I can't express this enough, medication has been a life changer for me. And you know what? People that have bipolar disorder. There's one, I've said, there's three different levels. So it's all going to be different. But even people who have bipolar too, we're all going to, that's all going to be expressed in different ways from all of us. But also something to note is borderline personality disorder is very close to bipolar disorder. And also is something that Somebody can be misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder, but kind of also but instead have borderline personality disorder. This actually happened to somebody that um, my sister knows. So I want to encourage you guys to be thorough. If the treatment you're not getting for your mental illness does not work, it's time to look to see if you are misdiagnosed. Uh, Seek out another professional if the one you're seeing is like, no, this is definitely it. You know, if you're doing all the things to try to mitigate your mental illness and it's just not doing the trick. Like for me, I was doing all the things. I was using essential oils. I was doing yoga. I was meditating. I was eating right. I was sleeping and all the things. And it still did not do the trick. It's important to know that perhaps there is a misdiagnosis and perhaps that you need to work at it. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm so over the medication shaming. And I'm so over the people who are like, I have this thing or that thing that can help treat your mental illness. That's great. You're not a mental health professional. You should not be giving that advice. I am just saying, trust a mental health professional. A lot of them are really open to holistic care, but they're also going to be very honest about the setbacks that could happen. And you need to be monitored. Because what if? Like you try this new holistic thing and it, it gets, you have an adverse reaction, right? Let me tell you what, that adverse reaction I had to depression medications in college the first time that was the worst thing that has ever happened. It was awful. It was an awful place to be to feel like I was completely out of control and to feel that deep darkness. It was just bad. So, I hope this helped you guys in some way and it's really I'm just sharing to help reduce the stigma around mental health because if you've been listening to this podcast for any period of time, you know me by now. So, you know what I'm like and you could see like, "Oh, Megan, she has this mental illness. That doesn't make her a bad person. This, I mean, look at She's just who she is. But also, because I want to raise awareness and give people knowledge. Maybe somebody listens like, I think I was misdiagnosed too. Seek out a new professional if the one that you're seeing is not catching it. You might need a new, fresh set of eyes. So you could see a psychiatric nurse practitioner who can um, diagnose you and give you a treatment plan or a psychiatrist. Because the reason I, I recommend those two for diagnosing is because they can um, prescribe medication if necessary. A therapist could also diagnose you, but they can't give you medication and they would have to refer you out like my therapist did for me. And I'm so glad she did. So I hope you guys have a great day, a fabulous day, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.